Chapter Fourteen of As in a Mirror by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen For Her Sake. John Stewart did not leave the Elliot farm on the following week. Neither did he give notice that he intended to do so. Before he had quite settled it that this must undeniably be the next step, an event occurred that put it in the background. Farmer Elliot fell ill. Not seriously so, at least the doctor spoke cheerily and hoped that the tendency toward a course of fever would be broken before it had a chance to get seated. But the fact that Farmer Elliot was ill at all was sufficient to awaken almost consternation in his family. Never, since the children could remember, had there been a day in which father had not been able to attend to his usual round of duties. That he was actually ill enough to call a physician, and later to be even sat up with at night, was a startling innovation on the home life. Of course John Stewart could not talk of leaving under such circumstances. Instead, he assumed Mr. Elliot's outdoor duties entirely, and made himself so steadily necessary in the house that even Susan said, for her part, she didn't see how they should ever get on without him when he took a notion to leave, as hired folks always did. In addition to the duties of his position, John had other cares and burdens known only to himself. Quite unexpectedly, he found himself painfully associated with the affairs of the Elliot family. During her father's illness, Hildreth was dependent upon him for her trips to and from her schoolhouse for the weekly evening gathering. They were generally accompanied either by Rex Hartwell or Elfrida Elliot, sometimes by both, for Rex had given himself with great earnestness to the business of helping the young men and older boys who gathered there. Nanny Marvin, however, much to Hildreth's disappointment, had steadily refused to make a second attempt. She had a dozen excuses. She did not know how to teach girls, not girls of that stamp. It was much better for them all to be under Hildreth's lead. No, indeed, she would not take boys instead. Rex could do better for them than she could. She was very busy just now. Perhaps later in the season, when she had settled down, she might be able to help. Hildreth was puzzled. Could it be Nanny's approaching marriage that made her seem so unlike herself? Of course she was busy, but not to be able to give a single evening in a week to work in which Rex was not only engaged but absorbed seemed strange indeed. As for Elfrida, she frankly stated that she went for the fun to be got out of the going and coming, and not for any interest that she had in the gatherings. John Stewart had been accepted doubtfully, and with many misgivings, as the present leader of the five little boys who had first interested him, mainly because they begged to be under his care, and showed the keenest interest not only in the meeting, but in studying up to the best of their small abilities the subject upon which he had talked to them. Hildreth, watching, anxious, could find nothing to which to object. Evidently John had more general knowledge than she had supposed, but as yet he seemed to be doing no harm. As soon as her father was well enough to be talked to, she must ask his advice, 
and together they must arrange this thing differently and there for the time being the matter rested the father did not get well instead the slow fever took obstinate hold of him and while he was not at any time seriously ill at least the doctor did not call it serious he was in need of constant care and was the subject of more or less anxiety to one evening class rex and john stuart went alone rex taking miss elliot's place as well as he could and being helped out in ways that surprised him by the watchful john he commended that person warmly on the way home and then cross-examined him in a manner that made it painfully difficult to answer with even the semblance of truth he was very kind assuring john that with the degree of education that he evidently had he ought to be able to get work better suited to him than that which he was now doing he said he could imagine a chain of circumstances that might have led in a fit of desperation perhaps to taking the first thing that offered the times had been very hard indeed and he honored him for doing anything honest rather than to live upon others but when mr elliot recovered his health they would talk it over together and see what could be done mr elliot he was sure would be the last person to try to hold a man to a place lower than he was fitted to fill under existing circumstances what could a self-respecting man do but mumble something that was intended to sound like gratitude and then maintain silence after that conversation rex told hildreth that there was some mystery about the man he was afraid that all had not been quite right with his past he seemed so utterly averse to frankness and did not respond kindly to sympathy of course this made hildreth more anxious and more careful it was nearly a week afterwards that john was driving rapidly home from town one evening when he met one of the boys belonging to hildreth's or rather to rex hartwell's evening class a shock-headed clumsy dull-eyed boy who had seemed to john to have no distinctive character of any sort evening he said halting close to the wagon wheel with the evident intention of arresting its progress i was comin to meet you so i perceive is there anything that i can do for you i don't know maybe you can try and maybe you can't i went to see rex hartwell but he has gone into town and won't be back in time i reckon in time for what thomas jump in and we can talk while we ride i am in a hurry to get home if i can help you in any way i shall be glad to do so i dunno as it is helping me said the boy clambering into the wagon only i feel as though anything that would help her would kind of help me somehow you're a friend of hers ain't you i hope so who is she well it's that elf elliot i'm talking about i ain't much of a friend to her she's always laughing and poking fun at us but being she's her sister i thought something ought to be done thomas said john stuart sharply tell me in as few words as you can what you are talking about thus admonished thomas told with some idea of brevity the piece of gossip that had stirred him to action 
he had learned through listening to the talk of others who considered him too dull to join them and too stupid to report their sayings where harm might result of a company of fellows and girls who were to spend that very evening at the wayside house one of the boys had a brother who worked at wayside and he said that supper had been ordered at ten o'clock and there was to be a dance before and afterwards they are a lot of college fellows explained thomas and as mean a lot as they can get up even there i guess from which verdict it will be understood what estimate thomas was getting of higher education and they are going to bring a lot of girls with them from the city some of them have been there before and dick says no sister of his should have anything to do with them girls but one of them they are going to get here and that's elf elliot take care thomas said john stuart sharply and then he felt the indignant blood flushing his own face miss elliot would not like to hear you using her young sister's name in such connection if you are a friend of hers you should remember that i am taking care said the boy impatiently if i hadn't been do you think i would have tramped out here to tell you about it i thought maybe it could be stopped and that you could do something about it if you can't why i'll find somebody else yes said john stuart soothingly very much ashamed of his unnecessary outburst i see your motive is good tell me all that you know about it something must be done why do you think miss elfrida is connected with it because some of the girls from our neighborhood go to her school two of them do you know and they overhear talk and they know that elf elliot and one or two other girls have been writing letters to some of the college boys they don't sign their own names you know they don't sign the names of anybody that really is and they just do it for fun only you know what miss elliot thinks of such fun you heard her a few weeks ago didn't you talk about that in the meetin and some of the girls looked at one another then they saw she didn't know her own sister was doin it well the college fellow she has been writin to has made a plan to come out here and get her and go for a ride and bring up at the wayside house and introduce her to them other girls and they're a set jack says not a decent one among em he says and it seems awful don't it to have her sister among em tell me how you learned this last thomas why one of our girls that goes up there to school sets right behind elf elliot and that holcomb girl and she heard them talking it all over elf she don't know about being taken to the wayside house she just thinks she is going to have a ride with him you know and i suppose she don't see no great harm in it but jack says she is one of em that he heard the two fellows who came out to order the supper and room and everything talking and laughing about it thomas must certainly have been satisfied with the close attention that his story received john stuart listened and questioned and went over the main points again approaching them skillfully from another angle to be sure that the narrator did not contradict himself and felt sure at the close that the story he had heard had some foundation enough to make it important to give it attention and that immediately he looked at his watch and found that the hour was even later than he had supposed and that what was done must be done quickly 
then he hurried his horses and got rid of thomas with the assurance that he had done all that was necessary and that the matter should receive prompt attention also with an injunction not to mention what he had told them to another human being this last was earnestly impressed remember thomas miss elliot would be severely injured if this story should get out since there are only a very few of us who know it and all of us are to be trusted we may hope to save her sister from unpleasant consequences and at the same time shield her i am sure i can depend upon you to make the others feel the same thomas went away with the belief that he was being depended upon to do an important work and also with the vague feeling which had come to him before that john stuart was a real smart man yet john stuart left to himself had no such comfortable realization of his power he drove rapidly under the impression that there was need for haste but just what could be done had by no means occurred to him had he heard this remarkable story earlier he might have proceeded with caution and accomplished results without frightening anybody then again for the hundredth time came that dreary second thought that were he himself instead of a man masquerading under an assumed name and character his way would be infinitely plainer however the first step was of course to learn whether elfrida was at home and if so whether she had an appointment for the evening away from home susan could help him thus far no she ain't to home said susan speaking in a crisp tone and it's my opinion that she ought to be i think myself that her pa is a good deal sicker than they tell about he ain't no hand to lie abed for common things can you tell me where to find miss elfrida i have an errand to do for her oh you'll find her i suppose down to that holcomb girl's house at least that is where she has gone to spend the night i told hildreth i would keep her at home if i was her but hildreth said she was so kind of nervous and not like herself that her mother thought she'd better go they think she's worryin about her pa but it's queer kind of worryin that'll be willing to go off and leave him all night i don't see for my part what she finds in that holcomb girl to be so fond of they ain't a mite alike john left her still moralizing and went out in haste to consider he had been gone all day on business that mr elliot had felt to be of importance he had heard nothing about plans but elfrida often walked home in pleasant weather now it appeared that she must have left in the morning with the intention of spending the night with laura holcomb john did not like that holcomb girl any better than did susan without any clear idea as to what he should do next he went to mrs elliot for permission to drive to the village on important business it distressed him to remember that she gave a reluctant consent and evidently wondered as well as she might what business of importance could call him back to the village leaving work that had been long waiting for him she was however too preoccupied to ask close questions not so hildreth she came out to the wagon with troubled face john must you really go back to town to-night there are so many things to be done to get ready for the night 
why didn't you stop and attend to the business when you came through this is something that i have thought of since said john lamely enough and went away angry with himself that he seemed to be living a life which made it necessary to give every sentence he spoke a double meaning the way of the dissembler is hard at least he told himself bitterly as he drove away what did he mean to do next he would drive at once to the holcombs and learn if elfrida was there and then what he drove on hurriedly entirely uncertain of his next move would it have been better to have told hildreth what he had heard no he answered himself emphatically he would shield her as long as he could from any added anxiety he wondered how it would do to tell elfrida that he had a message for her and then take her home telling her by the way the story that had come to his ears even if there was not a word of truth in it it might open her eyes to the importance of taking the utmost care of her movements lest they could be construed into evil this was the only course he had thought of when he reached the holcombs only to be informed that miss elfrida had gone to take a short drive with a friend did miss laura go with her he ventured to ask oh no mrs holcomb said laura was not well enough to go out evenings didn't he know she had been sick again it was an old friend of elfrida's who had called for her a college friend of her brother she believed then she too questioned closely in return and hoped that mr elliot was not worse laura would be dreadfully disappointed if elfie had to go home he got away as soon as he could taking the direct road to the wayside house and making all speed but he overtook no one there was a gay company at the wayside house and among them undoubtedly several fast young women and some college men thus much of the story was true but elfrida elliot so far as he could learn was not present he told the host that he had called with a message for a person whom he had expected to meet there and declining to leave any word was departing when he caught a glimpse of corliss elliot in the small room opening from the main reception room leaning against a mantel and looking moodily into the fire he went out with a new trouble knocking at his heart was sorrow coming to hildreth through this young man also and was there nothing that he could do did the young man know that his sister was to be of the questionable company in that questionable house that night busy with these thoughts he drove very slowly all the time on the watch the long lane down which he was driving was the private entrance to the wayside house at the gateway he was stopped by a handsome turnout the driver apparently a gentleman was having some trouble with spirited horses who resented the appearance of the gate-post the light from the gate lamp shone full on the carriage it was elfrida elliot who shrank back from the glare of light in an instant john was at her side speaking distinctly miss elfrida you are needed at home immediately i came here in search of you oh john she said her very lips pale with apprehension father is worse he had made no sort of reply while he helped her frightened and weeping from one carriage to the other 
and her companion tried to express his polite regrets, looking all the time excessively annoyed, John Stewart held himself to utter silence. He would have enough to say that he did not under these peculiar circumstances know in the least how to say, when he had driven away with his charge. End of chapter 14